The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius, Book 4, Chapter 47, and he writes, Just as if God told you that you would die tomorrow, or at least the day after tomorrow, you would attach no importance to the difference of a single day, unless you are a complete coward. Such is the tiny gap of time. So, you should think that there is no great difference between life to the umpteen fear and life to tomorrow. Okay, so for some reason it took me a little while to get shot on this, <laughs> but uh, I think what he's saying is basically, uh, just to say in my own words, if God said to you, hey, you're going to die tomorrow, or maybe the day after tomorrow, so clearly that is going to elicit some sort of reaction in you, right? But what he's saying, what Marcus Aurelius is saying, is that that if there, sh- there would not be a difference in your reaction to impending death in 24 hours or your reaction to impending death in 48 hours. And the only reason there would be a difference is if you're a coward, meaning that if you are so much more afraid of death in 24 hours than in 48 hours, but most of us, we would react in the same way to the notion that our death is certain, okay? Um, so let's unpack this and examine it from different angles. And again, I'll, I'll use my little disclaimer here. Um, this is not me attempting to Maybe unpack was the wrong word. This is not me attempting to understand what Marcus Aurelius was intending to teach because he wrote this for himself, right? But this is my own meditations on Marcus Aurelius's meditations. So first thought I had here was, you know, this is a common theme in Stoicism of thinking about your death, memento mori, uh, remembering that you're going to die. And, um, and we've talked in the past about how to make this idea real to you, you know? So uh, I... I did a uh, fairly recent episode. Well, not fairly recent. I guess it was uh, Shavuos time around. I'll try to link it in the. Uh, I'll link it in the uh, comments about how uh, how I've recently come to uh, to practice this. You know, the how can you live your life as though you could die at any moment when statistically you won't die at any moment? That was the that's the challenge that we've been dealing with. You know, so I have my my uh, my new approach to this, but my old approach is actually very similar to what Marcus Aurelius was talking about, which is. Uh, let's say I told you you were going to die uh, tonight, right? So, so you know, clearly you would um, uh, you would you would spend your day differently, right? Now, let's say I told you that there's a fifty percent chance you're going to die tonight. Okay, so you probably still would live your life differently. But what if I said ten percent or five percent or one percent? You know, the question is at what point, at what percentage? does your, the way that you, at what percentage would you not be able to justify living differently, you know? And, and then the question is, why aren't you doing that right now? Okay. Like, you know, again, if you knew you were going to die hundred percent, you would take out all the money in your bank account and do something with it, right? Whether it's spending it in a certain way, giving it away, whatever, you know, but if you had a 50% chance, you probably, you probably wouldn't do that, you know? Uh, and if you had a 1% chance, you certainly wouldn't do that. Same thing with your job, right? That you, you, you know, you might, depending on what your job is, I guess, then you might, you know, uh, you would quit your job. Uh, and not go to work that day if you knew it was your last day. But if it was a 1% chance, you wouldn't do that. So so this, this is what I call the sliding scale thought experiment of knowing that you're going to die. And 
and squaring that with the reality that in in real life it, it is a sliding scale. Like you could you could die, you know, uh, today or, or tonight, you know. So um, that's the first thing I thought of when I read this. Of of he, he's also proposing a thing of what would be the difference between being told that you're going to die tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Okay. Um, so that's just, that's thought number one. Okay. Just, uh, I suggest you do the thought experiment on your own, uh, cause you kind of have to feel it in order to, to get the impact of the experiment. Okay. Thought number two was, um, a point which Seneca makes a lot, uh, especially in his essay on the shortness of life. But I'm going to read one passage from a text that I have not read before. I just saw this uh, passage here from the Constellation to Marcia, 21.3. He says, you might name long-lived men, men of legendary old age. You might count up 110 years for each. But when you turn your mind toward the whole of time, the difference between the shortest and the longest life will be nothing. If, having examined the intervals, you compare the time each has lived with the time he has not lived. Okay, so this is the... Um, this is the uh, 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 the poetic way to express the idea that that um, just because you're alive doesn't mean you're really living, right? And if you look at how you know when you look at someone who is 110 years old, you can think to yourself, oh, they've lived such a long life. And Seneca will uh, often makes the point, no, 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 no. just because they've been alive for a long time, just because they could count the calendar days, doesn't mean that they have actually lived. And if you actually count up the amount of time during their biological life that they've actually lived as a human being, it's very small. Um, and the converse is also true. Uh, I first heard this idea in Rabbi Cheat's eulogy of Neil Blond, um, which uh, I highly recommend. I'll see if I can link it in the show notes as well. Um, that Neil Blond was someone in our yeshiva who was a, a great Talmud Chacham uh, who died of, uh, I believe it was cancer. I, I didn't know him personally. I, I taught his daughter. Um, but... Uh, uh, in, in the eulogy, Rabbi Chait, and I, I guess he died, you know, he died at a, a relatively young age. And re, that was the first time I heard Rabbi Chait say that arichus yamim, that length of days, is not measured quantitatively, but qualitatively. And he said that if you're talking about Neil Blonde, then, you know, he may have died young, but he, he but Hashem certainly blessed him with arichus yamim. You know, he lived a full, long life and, and used every moment uh, well. So, um, I think that's another thought that this is designed to prompt you to, which is that that you know if you <laughs> if if you if you knew you were going to die tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, so it's not really so that that's a short quantity of time. But the question is, can you maximize that amount of time? You know, uh, and 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 uh, and you know extract arichus yamim, extract length of days out of that. And similarly, again, you got to continue his thought experiment here. Let's say you're going to die at the end of the year. So how are you going to use the year? You know, um, and and it, the the gut reactions to say, oh, that's a short amount of time, but but a year is a you could you could do a lot in a year. You know, uh, and are we really living that way? Um, okay, so that was thought number two, and then the final thought. Um, oh, I actually had a, a, a an aborted thought here, which was. Um, uh, I, I associated very early, I think because I first read this during the uh, Sukkot, I associated to Kohela 6.6. So even if a man should live a thousand years twice over, um, but find no contentment or literally see no good, doesn't everyone go to the same place? 
So I, I looked into that and uh, and didn't find anything that actually lined up with Marcus Aurelius. But I did associate to that. So if you can if you can understand the shot of that puzzle in a way that that contributes to our understanding of this, then uh, let me know. Okay. But the last thought I was thinking of was um, was I was thinking about Marcus Aurelius' thought experiment of if you were going if God said you're going to die tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, to tomorrow would it really make a difference, right? Um, so I, I thought to myself, well, of course it would make a difference to, maybe not to the average person who doesn't use his time well, but, but, you know, are you telling me that a, uh, a, a tzaddik, you know, would, uh, would just equate the two times? I mean, wouldn't 48 hours of Torah and mitzvos, um, you know, and, and doing Raton Hashem be superior in his eyes to 24 hours? I mean, like someone who, in other words, to the average person who doesn't use his time well, yeah, there's no real difference. Um, what is he going to do? Like, like spend more time, like you know, uh, just enjoying physical pleasure. Like, that's is that really like a, a significant difference? But for someone who uses his life well, yeah, it's a huge difference. Forty-eight hour, you know, one day and two days, right? But then I thought to myself, well, when Rivi Akiva was being tortured to death, he was, he was, he was smiling, right? Now, if you asked him, Rivi Akiva, wouldn't you? want one extra day i think he would say my first thought was he, he would say yes right he would certainly prefer one extra day but yet we see that he was able to attain you know peak avas hashem peak love of god when he was dying now he didn't sit there being depressed about the fact that he doesn't get any more any more days you know so i was trying to like reconcile that in my mind and um i I the, the first thought that came to my mind when I had this question was Chazal's statement, which I understood to mean it doesn't matter. Usually this is invoked in, uh, this is quoted in the context of learning, even though I think originally it's about Korbanos, um, that uh, whether you learn a lot or whether you learn a little, it doesn't matter as long as your heart is directed to heaven. And uh, that made me think, well, maybe that was what Rabbi Akiva's uh, mentality was, which is that, yeah, he would prefer, all things being equal, he would prefer to live an extra day. But it really is not the amount that you're learning. It is, it is the quality of your involvement in the learning. And no one can learn the whole Torah, uh, you know, in the sense that, the, that, that God's wisdom is infinite. So if he got another day, he still wouldn't finish the Torah, you know, but that's not what he cares about. He doesn't care about finishing or accomplishment. He cares about about his, his heart being directed to heaven, about being involved in Torah Lishma for its own sake or in Avas Hashem, in love of God. And that can take place whether it's a little or a lot. So that was my thought. And then I decided to look up the statement of Chazal in its context. Now, I know they quote it in many places, but the first um, place I saw was in Brachos Daf Hey Amad Aleph, and it actually is very on, on target here. Rabbi Eliezer Chalash, uh, Chalash. So Rabbi Eliezer um, became sick, okay? Al Lagabe, Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan entered, uh, um, you know, went in to visit him. And he saw that he was in a dark room. And he saw that he was crying, okay? So Rabbi Yochanan sees that Rabbi Eliezer who's sick is crying. Sorry, Rabbi Eliezer, not Rabbi Eliezer. Um, uh, at least according to uh, Ahatora. Um, so Rabbi Amarle, uh, uh, so Rabbi Yochanan said to Rabbi Eliezer, Amai Kabachis, why are you crying? Imishum Torah, Dilo Apasht, 
if it is because you didn't learn as much Torah as you would have wanted to, Shaninu, didn't we learn, didn't we learn that whether you do a little or a lot, as long as you direct your, your heart to heaven? So this is saying exactly what the way I was, I was interpreting the Rabbi Akiva thing or the application to Marcus Aurelius, which is, which is, he's saying, yeah, okay, Rabbi Yochanan is, sorry, uh, Rabbi Eliezer is going to, Eliezer is going to die. And Rabbi Yochanan is saying, like, if you're crying about the fact that you don't get more days of learning Torah, it doesn't matter how many days you get, as long as the way that you're relating to the Torah is correct in terms of, uh, of, of, of its quality, you know, not the quantity. So that kind of confirmed my approach. And then I looked at the Chidushe Maharsha on Agadita, um, on, on that Gemara, and he, he, uh, he says, so he quotes, he says, "Hamavur al pi mashkaz b'shilhi mod katan chay b'ni umzoni lab b'zhus atalia milsa el b'masla." So there's this very, very controversial statement in the Gemara in Mod Katan that says, "Life, children, and sustenance or livelihood are not dependent on merit, but on mazel, okay, on chance." All right. Now, obviously, we're not going to go into that. Okay, that's learned in many, many different ways, and he himself like uh, starts analyzing it here. But I'm going to skip to 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 the punchline. So he, he, he takes that to mean that in the Gemara, Rabbi El, uh, Eliezer is, you know, goes on to ask about his children and about his livelihood. But the first thing he talked about was his life. And the the uh, the, the Maharsha says, imishum Torah shehi um, When Rabbi Eliezer asked Rabbi Yochanan what he was worried about, and he said, are you worried about Torah? That lines up with the statement of life, because uh, Torah is a person's life. Kamosha Kasav, uh, as it was written, Kihu Chayach of Orech Mecha, and it, uh, it is your life and the length of your days. Einze Toli Bezchus, this is not dependent on merit, okay? Meaning how much Torah you get to learn in life is not dependent on merit. Ki local Adam Zocha Laharbos Betorah, not everyone uh, is meritorious of increasing, uh, of, of learning abundant Torah. Kamosha Kasav, Bezeh, Da Kol Bemazel Tali, as Chazal said, that everything is dependent on mazel, on, on chance. Uh, meaning in terms of life, children, and livelihood. Afilu Sefer Torah even the Sefer Torah in the sanctuary. And therefore, because the amount of Torah you get is not dependent on merit, but is dependent on chance, so then because of that, then it doesn't matter how much or how little you learn as long as your heart is directed to heaven. So that's an interesting argument, which is that if Torah, if the amount of Torah you learn was dependent on merit, so then, yeah, you should maximize, well, I mean, you should always maximize your time, but then then it is kind of your fault if you don't learn uh, as, um, you know, as much Torah as, uh, as, you, as, as you could, as much Torah quantitatively as you could. But he's saying not everyone has, is Zoha, not everyone is, merits the same amount of Torah. So what, what matters is not how much Torah you learn, but how you learn the Torah that is in your chalik, that is in your, your portion. And the best way to remind yourself of this is on Shabbos davening in all of our tefillos, one of the requests we say in the middle bracha is v'sein chalkinu besor sacha, give us uh, our portion in your Torah. And I, I only realized this this past year, we don't say give us a lot of Torah, or we don't say give us as much Torah as uh, as you uh, you know as as we can handle. We say give us our portion in Torah. So it's a good reminder that every person has a a chalik in Torah, and the chalakim the the portions are not all equal. So you can't and and according to the way the Maharsha is understanding this uh, this Gemara of. Uh, 
of Chai Buni Umazoni Lav Bezchusa he's saying that you can't control how much Torah is in your chilek. All you can control is how you relate to your chilek, all how you relate to your portion. So, so that all of this is a long-winded way of saying. I mean, I hope it's it's a beneficial long wind, but it's a, a way of saying that, yeah, if God told you that you have either a day or two days, so hopefully you would use the time well, but you would not distress over the fact that of 24 hours versus 48 hours in terms of your Torah learning, and by extension, your, your mitzvot, I assume. Um, in, in other words, in an objective framework, yeah. And all things being equal, having 48 hours to engage in more Torah and mitzvahs would be better. But what matters is is not how, the quantity, but how you relate to it, how you relate to the to the time that you do have. And in that sense, you can get that in 24 hours or 24 or 48 hours. Okay, so that is uh, um, that's it for today. If you've gained from what you've learned here, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are mattschneeweiss.gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with a financial freedom to support, to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewis at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.